This podcast is a proud member of the Paranormality Podcast Network. Go potatoes. Well, you've got to introduce me, my love. Oh, yeah. I'll go potatoes. You go potatoes. Hello, and welcome to episode 20 of Stories of Strangeness. We've made it this far. It's been an incredible journey, and we want to thank you all for making it with us. I think I need a nap. Yeah. Anyway, luckily for me, here's a Zoe episode, so I don't have to do too much more. And he's Mike and I'm Zoe, so yeah. Yep, there you go. Great introduction. Thank you, my love. Hopefully you know that by now. If this is your first ever episode, hello, I'm Mike, this is Zoe. We're normally a little bit more organised, but hey. I don't know about that. (laughs) Not at all. So, today I'm going to talk about werewolves. The word werewolf comes from the old English word werewolf or manwolf. They're also called lycanthropes and the etymology for that word is Greek and means wolf person. And with that, we slide straight into what is claimed to be the first story of a werewolf. In 1550 BC, King Lycan was visited by a being claiming to be Zeus. But the king did not believe him to be the god, so he had one of his prisoners killed and cooked and served the remains to Zeus. When Zeus realised what had happened, he flew into a mighty rage and burned the palace to the ground. He also turned Lycan into a wolf, saying that if he stayed away from human flesh for nine years, he would turn him back into a human. But if he tasted human flesh, he would remain a wolf forever. This is said to be the earliest recorded werewolf story, as a man became a wolf but had the opportunity to change back again. The earliest known text that includes a man turning into a wolf is dated around 2000 BC and is part of the second oldest religious text only outdone by the pyramids. It is called the Epic of Gilgamesh. This epic was a collection of local and popular lore written down to glorify past kings and entertain the court at the time. One story tells of the goddess Ishtar, goddess of fertility, love, sex and war. She was in love with Gilgamesh, but he turned her down when he heard stories of her previous suitor. A shepherd had loved her and worshipped her, and she had basked in his adoration until she became bored of him and turned him into a wolf. What's more, he was then torn to pieces by his own hounds. So, not necessarily a werewolf story, but it shows that it's something that we have thought about for over 4,000 years. So now we know where the word lycanthrope comes from, and that it's definitely not a new idea, I want to look at what a werewolf is. Traditionally, Werewolves are men or women cursed to change into a wolf under the full moon. But there are some stories that indicate that the person can change at will, making it far more convenient and maybe less of a curse. To become a werewolf, most agree that you need to be scratched or bitten by another werewolf. But you can also rub yourself with a magic salve, drink rainwater from the footprint of a werewolf, or, if you can find one, a magic stream. Other stories include that one can change into a wolf by donning a cloak made of a whole wolf pelt, 
or a belt made out of wolf skin. It is said that a person that takes on the guise of a wolf soon starts to show signs in their human appearance. One long eyebrow, or unibrow, curved claw-like fingernails, low-set ears and a swinging stride. In Russia, check under the person's tongue. There'll be bristles. Or you could just cut a bit of skin away to see if you can reveal the fur underneath. When a werewolf is in wolf form, traditionally, unlike our modern-day representations, they look much like a normal wolf, except they don't have a tail. That being said, many believe that they have learnt how to run on three legs, holding one leg out behind them to look like a tail. In the 4th century, a document called the Capitulatum Episcopi. Anyway, this became the Christian church go-to text for all things magic, witch and werewolf related, stating, Whoever believes that anything can be transformed into another species or likeness except by God himself is beyond doubt an infidel. But in the 9th century, a Welsh monk, Nennius, gave examples of werewolves in Ireland and the British Isles. Does that make him an infidel? In his work, completed in 1215, Gervais of Tilbury, writing in Germany, tells his readers, In England, we have often seen men turning into wolves. He also comments that women turn into cats and snakes. Stories of werewolves and the folklore behind them became well known throughout Europe because of people like these, spreading their so-called knowledge. The rise in werewolf stories is bound to the rise in stories of witchcraft, which in turn is linked to the spread of Christianity. It wasn't uncommon for those accused of witchcraft to also be accused of being werewolves or shape-changers. Wolves roamed Europe then. They were our largest predators. They were the reason the shepherds watched their flocks. They were the danger in the darkness and people were naturally scared of them. The first werewolf trials emerged in what is now known as Switzerland in the early 15th century, spreading throughout Europe and peaking in the 17th century. Folks were not just accused of turning into wolves, but also wolf riding and wolf charming. In France in the 16th century, there was a trend of werewolf serial killers. In 1521, Pierre Burgot and Michel Verdun claimed they had sworn allegiance to the devil and possessed an ointment that could turn them into wolves. Upon capture, they admitted to murdering children and were burned at the stake, one of the known ways to kill a werewolf. Charles Garnier was known as the werewolf of Dole. He also claimed to have a wolf ointment and also confessed to killing and eating children and was also burned to the stake. One of the most famous 16th century werewolves was Peter Stump, sometimes called Stubb. In 1589, wealthy farmer Peter Stump was arrested. The years preceding his arrest, cattle had been found mutilated, and this had progressed to farm folk also being found dead, looking like they had been attacked by a vicious animal. Hunting parties roamed the countryside, and one such party thought that they had cornered the culprit, a wolf, until it is said they saw the animal transform into Peter. They knew them to be one in the same, as the wolf had had its left paw cut off, and Peter had no left hand. Eventually, Stump would confess to making a pact with the devil, to killing and eating both animals and men, women and children. He said he used a magic belt to transform into a wolf and commit the crimes. He also confessed to killing his son and having sex with his daughter. 
This confession, however, is questionable, as the man was tortured to produce it. Not only was he stretched on a rack, he was also tied down and peeled with red-hot pincers. He had his limbs broken with the wrong side of an axe, so he couldn't rise from the grave, and then he was beheaded. His daughter, who was included as his mistress, was flayed, strangled and burned. Although we now question his confession, it was very convenient at the time. He was rich and owned a lot of land, and now there was no heir. So all of this went to the Catholics, which had just seized the region during the Cologne Wars, and his head, on a pole, served as fair warning to other Protestants in the area. It was in 1653 that a pastor named Ford wrote that lycanthropy was purely an illusion, and King James I of England, who reigned between 1603 and 1625, is said to have regarded war wolves as victims of delusion induced by a natural superabundance of melancholic, which I thought was rather well put. There is a story from 1725 of Peter the Wolf Boy, who was found naked and walking on all fours in a forest near Hamlin in Germany. Yes, that Hamlin of Pied Piper fame. He couldn't speak, and when offered food, he would eat with his hands showing no interest in the utensils offered. He was adopted by the person that found him, King George I of England. He lived the rest of his days as the court pet, and even though he had his own tutor and lived to around 70 years of age, he was never able to read or write and was only ever heard to say the words Peter and King George. It is now thought that he had an extremely rare condition called Pitts-Hopkins syndrome which causes developmental delay, breathing issues, and distinct facial features, including a wider-than-average mouth. The more we learn about this case, the more we ask about others. There is a condition called lycanthropy, which, although rare, sees the person convinced they are turning into a wolf. Food poisoning and rabies can lead to changes in character too. Hypertrichosis is a rare genetic disorder that causes excessive hair growth. And then there are hallucinations, be it drug or health-related. Both create an alternative reality. Fear was replaced by the belief that it was a disorder of the brain. By the 18th century, werewolf trials and the number of wolves in Europe had significantly declined. In 1812, the Brothers Grimm published their version of Little Red Riding Hood, and the Big Bad Wolf was claimed as a fairy tale. friends, Jimmy Horace here from the Night's End Podcast. Do you want a delicious story to keep you up at night? Well then, make sure you take the right door on your way down, as the others could lead to your immediate death. <laughs> Just search the Night's End Podcast on all major podcast platforms, and be sure to bring a sacrifice for my things. Trust me, you don't want to see them cranky. What do you reckon? Ooh. I wasn't aware that there were werewolf trials. 
Yeah, that's a bit of a weird one. You hear a lot about the witch trials, but you don't hear a lot about werewolf trials. You don't. And the fact that there was like a whole spate, I mean, I only included a few on there, but there seemed to be quite a lot in France, proper serial killers, but blamed the fact they were wolves. That's, yeah, very odd. One of my first thoughts was that poor bugger who worshipped Ishtar and did nothing but lavish affection on her. Yeah. And as soon as she got bored, she was just like, eh, might make him a wolf. Yeah. That's a bit crap. Oh, no. Ishtar's a bit of an arse. But then love, sex, fertility, war. It, well, yeah, I suppose. And all's fair in love and war. War. Or something. Yeah. War. War. <laughs> and, you know, I'm sure you must have, like, in the past been with someone, you're like, oh, go away. I wish I could just turn you into a wolf. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it was really sad, though. So, yeah. yeah Gilgamesh, yeah, probably did the right thing by saying, now nah, you're all right, love. Yeah, and I'm going to pop over here and do something else yeah but the fact that you know we were thinking about people turning into wolves four thousand years ago yeah that's that's a pretty long time yeah and i like the story about the guy that was right i think you said gervais yeah who wrote tilbury. from germany but was from tilbury apparently yeah but just really matter of fact oh yeah we've seen loads of guys turn into wolves yeah something here. happens all the time yeah yeah apparently so just then the people over in germany are going get on with it well you know if they I mean? can do it i'm sure we can Butcher turned into a werewolf the other day, just completely ran out of his own stock. Yeah, just ate it all right yeah. there on the counter. Yeah. Yeah, weird. It's it's another of those really kind of persistent myths, isn't it? Along yeah. with like mermaids and vampires and witches, of which I suppose only three of them out of the four that we've mentioned are actual Halloween monsters, whereas mermaids are more kind of... Well, I don't know, because actually your episode made them seem a bit more intimidating it depends which way you look at it whether they're sirens or or mermaids yeah but yeah i was obviously also thinking about american werewolf in london which is probably the best werewolf movie ever made in my but also apparently that was one of the first werewolf movies to show a werewolf on all fours because a lot of them it was wolf man yeah it was a man dressed in a wolf suit and I guess for ease, because it is really difficult to actually run yeah. on all fours. Although yeah. I have seen a really weird video of a woman who can do it and she jumps oh, yeah. over things and I it's freaky. Yeah. Oh my God. But yeah, to, for a, a person to go on all fours and run, it's not easy. You, it's going to be like, well, I could, I could outrun you. Even I could outrun that that guy. So yeah, if you want to be chased by a wolf man rather than a werewolf, just yeah, having him as a actually a the, the, old, the old kind of hammer and Hollywood horror films yeah. was the wolf man, wasn't it? And it was just yeah. a guy that had a, a slightly a... canine face and a lot of fur rather yeah. than the kind of more hybrid. Like of the Michael two Jackson in Thriller. Get. Yeah. Or, you know, Lupin in Harry Potter, who was kind of a very mm. much a, a bit of both because he stood on he, two legs at one point. He, and... Well, he did when he was changing, but I think eventually he was he was very elongated, but he was on four legs. Yeah. But there's, there are bits in the movie where he stands on too, I'm sure. Well, I mean, we don't see him that much because he's running through, he's fighting with Sirius, isn't he, as a dog? But there's a bit where they're on like a hillside or something. Yeah, but when that's he while he's changes. changing. Oh, that's while he's changing. Okay, fine. Yeah. I might have seen them a few more times than you, love. Well, that's true. <laughs> but yeah, so the traditional werewolf in the kind of early movies were, were, yeah. were, were men in furry suits. Then American Werewolf came along and... And changed blew it out of the water. Yeah, but then you had like dog soldiers yeah. went back to that more humanoid shape. Yeah. Which, although was still very, very well done. Yeah. I mean, the, the American werewolf in London transformation is still 
incredible for its amazing, time. Amazing, amazing. And I will, you know, forgive Such it. Such good practical any, effects. Yeah. And it had Rick Mail in it. <laughs> it did, didn't it? Yeah. And and who's the other one in the pub? A bit ginger, but not ginger anymore. Uh, Big guy. I can't remember. No. no. No? I, I know I'm think. talking it's about. It's been a while since I've seen it, to be fair. But yes. But it is a cracking movie. Yeah, because I didn't really want to get swept away too much with the kind of modern werewolves and how we've kind of now taken them and flipped them around and, yeah. you know. Did you want to watch Teen Wolf, though, as, as just for uh, reference? Oh, do you know what, though? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. But then look, this is the thing, though. What used to terrify people beyond belief is now a kid's movie. Yeah. And, and yeah. we've done that with so many things. And I think kids now grow up watching programs about things that back in the day were, you know, we could put up, I'm guessing if we made a cartoon of spring Jack... Oh, yeah. You know, kids would watch it and be like, ha, 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 that's really funny. Whereas women were swooning and losing all sense for the yeah. rest of their life back then. Losing control of their faculties. Indeed. So is it that we're becoming more kind of... We're definitely more desensitised, yeah. yeah. I mean, movies come out now with CG in it that's so good. The only reason you know it's not real is because that's not Impossible. the way the world works. Because there are no dinosaurs or because, yeah. you know, people can't fly. Whereas back in those days when the medium was still in its youth, it was like, if it was on celluloid, it was absolute truth. You know, yeah. it, that, that's actually what happened. Or you see something real and deny it. Because I think I remember my nan telling me that her mum had watched the moon landing and gone, oh no, it's just a set. She didn't believe it at all. Well, yeah, but there is a conspiracy I mean, there is a conspiracy, theory, but she was not, she was not a conspiratist. No, a conspiratorialist. She wasn't one of them anyway. Yeah. She was just like, oh, no, I don't believe that. Not at all. Yeah. She just couldn't comprehend it. Yeah. So if we'd have shown her Jurassic Park, she probably would have pooed herself. Very possibly. Yeah. Hopefully not as much as the, the big mound that they find in Jurassic Park. <laughs> oh, my but you God. But, but yeah, it just shows that we do very much take for granted special effects these days. Yeah. But we also yeah. take for granted that, that science has explained so much. Yeah. I was going to say, actually, there's a, an old story about, and I can't remember where, but some island where either the conquistadors or the explorers like Captain Cook and all the rest of it apparently landed on this island and the islanders couldn't see the ship because it was so far out of their realm of what was possible. Their minds, their just, minds went, just blanked nope, it out. Not having it. Nope. But that's that's a natural thing though isn't it that that does happen sometimes when people can't comprehend what's happening they, they just yeah their, their, their body brain kind a, of protects a, them yeah. by essentially shutting down or blocking it out yeah that's that's crazy but i did there's another little bit that i just kind of wanted to touch on that you know i mentioned that wolves were like the the top predator in europe we didn't really have much yeah. bigger or uh, than than a wolf and um, but it's worth bears not, guess they're not more them. asiatic and not really Americas. but it's worth noting that other cultures do have their own versions in africa there are were hyenas in india where tigers and in south america they have where pumas and where jaguars but each time it's something that is feared and revered locally which i thought was quite interesting well yeah i mean there's there's Obviously, loads of legends from around the world where people turn into animals via magic and not yeah. just wolves and things like that, but all kinds of animals. I've just remembered a whole section that I haven't included in my writing okay. because I was going to put it near the end. 
Okay, so I'm just going to read this little bit out from my notes that I thought was quite interesting. So this was something that was conducted in Australia's Calvary Mater Newcastle Hospital. Studies have been conducted that show the moon may well bring out the beastie side in humans. In the space of one year, 91 violent crimes were recorded. That's approximately seven to eight a month. There are 12 full moons in a year, occasionally 13, but this wasn't one of them. Mm-hmm. So let's go with 12. 23 of these violent crimes happened on a full moon. That's 23 out of 91. So that's two every full moon. So that's two out of the eight or so a month. Yeah. That's a quarter of all the violent attacks that happened at this hospital were on a full moon. So although many were like under the influence of alcohol or drugs, they became intensely violent at the full moon. And I was like, a quarter? Yeah, that's a significant amount. But obviously that's the word, where the word lunatic comes from. Well, yeah, we, yeah. I mean, we kind of know that and it has been linked to like the whole werewolf thing. And I think most women with their lunar cycles, because yeah. we're all mad, will kind of admit to, I mean, I personally find it a little bit more difficult to sleep when it's a full moon. It's not because of the light, because we've got blackout, blackout curtains. curtains. Yeah, And sometimes it'll be like, oh, I haven't slept well for a couple of days. And then it's, I realise it's coming up to a full moon. And obviously, you know, the moon affects the tides as well. Yeah. Well, yeah, it affects the tides. And the human body is, you know, quite a large water. percent of water. And the human brain is also quite a large percent of water. So we get dragged so, about. Yeah, in theory. Yeah, it could definitely affect something in us. I think that's possibly where the tie-in to lycanthropy comes. Yeah. The whole, you know, only turns into wolf on the full moon, blah, 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 is because of lunacy uh, and the fact that we are affected way more than we think by the moon's tide, tidal... Tidal pull. Tidal pull is the word I'm looking for. Thank you, yeah. Yes. But looking back at my writing, I think the person I felt most sorry for was Zola... Peter Stump or Peter Stump, yeah. whoever who's that poor man. Yeah. Although it could have been that he was. Yeah, maybe an he was a murderer and ass. I mean, actually, I feel more sorry for his daughter because if he was, you know. Well, either way, she ended up. She ended up dead. Dead, yeah. But was that because they didn't want an heir to all of the land and oh, it's riches? Almost and it's like, certainly woo-hoo. more about money and power than it was about real lycanthropy. Or I anything. think if someone was peeling my skin off with hot pincers, I'd probably confess to being a, a man and eating people. Yeah. And all sorts of things. Yeah. Because, you know. Yeah, of course you would. So I was just like, oh my goodness. But that one was, that was a turning point, I think in people's fear of werewolves in the area. Yeah. But also it made people think, well, but we're catching them. And it did seem that they mm. went completely mad. Like these hunting parties were killing wolves left, right and centre. And they were like, oh, well, actually these attacks are going down, so we must be catching the werewolves. And it's like, well, yeah. you're just killing all of the wolves. So of course the wolves aren't taking as many cattle. as, co- Of course yeah, they're yeah. not causing as many problems. And also they're learning not to go back to that particular herd because there's a good chance they're going to yeah. be attacked. I mean, they're not stupid. No. So, yes, yeah, so that's one of the reasons why we don't have wolves because we got rid of them all. Yeah. Yeah. It's a shame. But the only place you'll see them now in England is zoos. So I don't know if you remember, and it was quite a while ago, mm. we talked about wolves being reintroduced Right, yeah. 
And I don't know if you remember, and I think it was somewhere in America, they'd reintroduced wolves to this particular park, I believe. Yeah. And it completely changed the entire ecosystem. Right. It was only a small amount of wolves, but they went in and there was a river there. Yeah. And the ground around it, and I'm, I'm hoping this is the right way around, was quite barren. Yeah. And they introduced the wolves, but the wolves then started to feed on the plant eaters. Yeah. Which then allowed all of the grass and the plants to grow up around the river. Yeah. Which stopped the river banks eroding and yeah. the river moving so much. Yeah. So that calmed down and it suddenly became this kind of lush foresty paradise because the wolves had were back. Yeah. yeah and it it basically balanced everything because yeah. there weren't so many plant eating creatures then eating yeah. all of the greenery and and kind of making it a barren wasteland. Yeah. So then it makes me wonder what us taking the wolves away has done did to the kind of ecosystem around yeah. here. Yeah. Yeah, it's difficult to say, isn't it, really? But we've concreted over so much of it as well. Yeah, I so, guess. No, it's So even the plant eaters haven't got anything to eat anyway. No. No, just the ones that adapt like Dust. there's still deer around here quite a lot. Oh, well, I mean, um, during the first lockdown, there was the deer that went into the marketplace and had a wander around the centre of the city. Oh, I don't, don't remember seeing that. Do you not remember? No. It was posted on our local Facebook page. It was a little muntjac deer, and it, I don't know actually where it came from, but it quite happily just wandered around the, the marketplace and then went down the hill. Mm. And Because there were no wolves. Because there were no wolves and no people. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's it. So... It could do its shopping in peace. Yeah. Unfortunately, none of the shops were open because it was locked down. Oh. It was eyeing up some bobble hats and stuff. Favourite werewolf. Is it Teen Wolf? Is it... I think I think it probably is American Werewolf in London because yeah. it's just so Although good. Although I will say I bloody love Dog Soldiers. I know you do, yeah. I absolutely adore it because it was just such... It was so refreshing to see people acting stupidly in a movie, but not stupidly like, oh, I'm going to go down into this basement and not turn any lights on. Yeah. Stupid in like, oh my God, I've got to throw things at this thing that's trying to kick through the door at me and I'm just going to fling whatever in this drawer yeah. and cutlery be and what like. it, whatever yeah. it is. It's just brilliant. Yeah. And, and the sausages and... And, I'm, you know, who knows? It might have been Ginger Snaps, but we never finally got to watch that film because... What was it? We had, didn't we have a DVD that was scratched or I've something? I've seen all the Ginger Snaps movies. Actually, do you know what? They were good movies. Yeah. Although she grows a tail in it, which kind of contradicts the whole werewolves don't have tails. Yeah. But that was, because well, at one point she's like strapping it to her leg so it doesn't wiggle around on its own, <laughs> which is really well done, but kind of makes me go, Burp. Also what Victorian gentlemen used to do. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah yeah thank you for that that was interesting there was some stuff in there that i definitely hadn't heard about before like the werewolf trials yeah i was i was pleasantly um, surprised it was one of those things where i couldn't quite decide what to do and and basically they run up and bit me well there um, you go which is generally wound. how it happens yeah i'll be watching you come full moon like you'd be able to tell any difference <laughs> you did just shave your legs so if they're suddenly hairy again <laughs> the bath's completely blocked now and i shaved my back <laughs> oh dear <laughs> <laughs> yeah so thank you for that you're welcome have we got any thank yous or reviews we do we have a new review five stars from dean who has also left his surname but i won't say his surname from the us 
who said for anyone tired of current events, COVID or politics, give them a listen. Well-structured episodes, interesting topics, and all delivered by that quintessentially charming English accent. Oh, I thank you, kind sir. Lovely. Every episode is fantastic, regardless of who is telling it. If you like shows such as The Unexplained or Bedtime Stories, you'll love this one. Thank you, Dean. That was an awesome review, and we thanks for the five stars. We want to mention Alecto, because he did mention us on facebook oh yes and he's trying to see how many episodes he can get into so this is another one electo here you are good job well done so what if people want to review us where should they do that they can review us on itunes apple itunes is the one that really kind of gets the show out into other people's ears or they could just go and stand in their gardens and shout really loudly yep just yell it into the stratosphere yeah see see if anybody will listen yeah, tell everybody, your, tell everybody at your local bake meat, Bingo coffee hall. shop, church, whatever. If anybody out there has got a story they would like us to read out, where can they send it to, my love? They can send it to storiesofstrangeness at gmail.com or they can try messaging a bottle, but the former is more likely. We don't really live that close to water, do we? Exactly. Carrier so pigeon might Gmail's be better. better. Just send it to our Gmail address, it's fine. Although I hate pigeons. Yeah. Oh yeah, no pigeons. What about some mild stalking on Facebook? You can absolutely stalk us on Facebook at facebook.com slash stories of strangeness. And Instagram? We are on Instagram as at stories of strangeness. And we have a YouTube channel where you can listen to us. And I can't give you the URL for that, but it'll be in the show notes. Or they can just search on YouTube for Stories of Strangeness. And I think the Black Shook episode comes up. Yep, 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 yep. And then there's Twitter. There is Twitter. We are at So Strange Pod. And if you need reminding of any of this information, you can go to our website. You can at storiesofstrangeness.com. Yeah, and you'll find links to all of the stuff we've just mentioned. Yep. If you would like to adorn yourself or your house with our logo or random artworks, you can go to Redbubble and purchase yourself something interesting. If you search for Zoe and Mike, all one word, you will find our artwork and other random drawings we've done which is also our artwork so i'm not quite sure where i was going with that i'm not sure where you're going with that either either. bring it back (laughs) and if you think we need help you can help us we have a patreon account and you can support us that way we've got two tiers at the moment the first tier is a pound and that is just to say Hey guys, thank you. You're so awesome. Here, have this pound, and it can go towards the website and coffee, hosting the show, and biscuits and stuff. And the second tier is three pounds a month. Oh, I thought it was more than that. Nope. Bargain. Yeah. And for three pounds a month, you get minisodes. Yep. You get the outtakes, of which there are several, many, and every episode. Yeah, lots. And uh, you get to see the... Time-lapse art videos. I can never remember the name. Time-lapse art. Uh, Yeah, time-lapse art of the random illustrations that you can see on our Redbubble account, which I've watched and are weirdly hypnotic. Yeah. So, yeah, check those out. We also need to shout out to our newest Patreon subscriber, and that is Lucy. Thank you so much. We love you. And just a little shout out for our promo partner of the week, the Night's End podcast, which I've appeared on twice now, once on the episode called The Interview, where I narrated a section, 
and a new one on the Worm-Stained Giver, where I play the stuttering Shady Man, a role which I may be reprising again soon. Watch this space. So, find the Night's End podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, or on the web at nightsendpodcast.com. Oh, we haven't done our fun fact, have we? No. Here is my fun fact. Well, actually it was yours, but I'm going to read it out. Yep. The term Google was first used as a verb on TV on Buffy. In October 2002, Willow asks, have you Googled her yet? And Xander replies, but she's only 17. So Willow has to confirm that it's a search engine. So yeah, 2002, good old Buffy. Well done, Buffy. Well, well done, Willow. Yes, always teaching us new things. Way ahead of the time she was. Yeah. Awesome. Is that it then? Can I go? I think that's it. You can go. Oh, thanks. Bye. Bye. Love you. Thank mm-hmm. you.